Turn, turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Romans, to the book of Romans chapter 8, which is where, where we're going to start tonight. I'm just going to read one verse for you, we'll pray and then we'll get started on just a, really just a short challenge that I'm going to give tonight to our, to our graduates, but also will apply really to all of us from God's Word this evening. Romans chapter 8. In verse 29, and actually I'm going to back up to verse 28, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and then I'll read verse 29. The Bible says this, and we know that all things work together for good to them that, are, that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. And then verse 29, for whom He did foreknow, He did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. And let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank You so much for this evening that we can gather together and honor You, worship You, hear Your Word read and preached and Your your praises sang. And again, we thank You so much for our graduates tonight. I just pray that You'd bless them and use them for Your honor and glory in a mighty way. Father, I just pray that you'd be with me as I, as I speak tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me the words to say as I just give a few, few thoughts that you've given me tonight, Lord. And I just ask that everything that is said and done would be honoring and glorifying to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just want to just talk for, for a, just, again, a few minutes. I don't think it's going to be very long tonight, but on uh, the title of the message is just The Results of Obedience. The results of obedience, and I, there's a question that, that I'm going to answer by giving you three different things, and that question is, what happens when we obey? What happens when we obey? You know, the, all, the, all the kids, all the young adults that you, that you saw this evening, um, it, it's a special time for each of them, and that special time is, is very important that we recognize them for, obviously, which is what we're doing tonight but also a time to give them a little bit of a challenge for what's upcoming. You know, our, all of our kindergartners, I believe we had 12 tonight, are, have been put under the authority of their parents, and I believe most of the parents are, are here tonight. And God, first of all, has placed you in, in charge of, of your kids, obviously. He has given you your kids for a very specific reason. And the Bible says that, that we as parents are, first of all, to honor the Lord, and if we honor the Lord, we're going to do everything that we possibly can to raise our kids in the, in the admonition of the Lord, as, the, as, as God's Word says. And, and our kids are charged to, first of all, obey the Lord. And if they obey you as the parents, then they're obeying you and they're obeying the Lord. Now our kindergartners, um, a lot of them, most of them, if not all of them, still have a little bit of ways to go in understanding and learning what it means to, uh, to be obedient. Um, I've got, I have a 7-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 15-year-old, so all of them are past kindergarten, but they still have a little bit of room to, to improve in terms of the whole, the, the obedience area. And look, I, I do as well. You know, we, we as adults never ever should lose the, the idea of what it means to obey. Um, the Bible is given to us so that we obey, so that we obey what God has given us and commanded us to do. 
and our high school graduate, Cameron, and then the, the four college graduates that we, that we recognized a few moments ago, they have some very, very big decisions to make in, in the next several years, maybe even right now. Um, they're, at a, they're at a time in their life where the decisions that they make are going to determine possibly success or, or failure or following what the Lord has for their life versus going in the wrong direction. And it's important that obedience is taken very, very seriously. So the results of obedience, of obedience is what I'd like to talk to you for a moment about tonight. So the question again that I, that I want to answer, again, just really three short things that I'm going to give you tonight. So what happens, what happens when we obey? What happens when we obey? Number one, the verse that I just read to you talks about conforming to Christ. When we obey, we conform to Christ. That is, that is really one of our, our greatest commandments as Christians, as followers of Christ, as, as people who have accepted Him as their Savior, is to conform to the image of His Son. All right, well, what, what does that mean? That means that we as Christian, the, the very word Christian means to be like Christ, almost to be a little Christ, to do everything that we can to conform ourselves to Him. All right, now, can we be perfect like He was? No, but we can do everything that we can to have some things in place to be conformed to who He was. All right, that's what we are called to do. Okay, and I, wa I want you to notice two things about that. First of all, Christ obeyed regardless of the season of life. Christ obeyed regardless of the season of life. You're, you were in Romans, if you could turn with me to Philippians, just over a few books, to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. So again, Christ obeyed regardless of the season of life. And if we're to conform ourselves unto Him, if we're to follow in His footsteps, we need to be doing the same thing. So Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, it says this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And then listen to verse 7, But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Now let me stop there for just a second. That, that is a huge statement that was just made by, by Paul here in Philippians. What he is saying here is that our, our God, the, the God in heaven, made himself of flesh, was, was born of a, of a virgin into this world. He came here to really for one purpose, and that is to go to the cross, shed his blood to make atonement for our sin. But in order for him to make that perfect sacrifice, in order for him to be that atoning sacrifice, he had to do what verse 7 just said. He made himself of no reputation. All right, so he went from the king of heaven to this earth to, to be just a lowly carpenter that, that was raised up under his father. He, he, he was poor, he lived a poor life. He did all of that for us. He humbled himself, made himself of no reputation took upon him the form of a servant. The form of a servant. You know, that is one of the greatest things that we can do to be like Christ, is just to be a servant. To, to look for ways to serve people. So, so graduates, and all of us tonight, 
what, what are we doing right now to serve others? What is it that, that the Lord is speaking to you right now about, about what it is that you need to serve? Maybe it's your family, maybe it's somebody that you work with, somebody within um, th- this church or, or another church, whatever the case may be, how is it that we can be a servant? And that, 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 should, that should be something that every single day we are, we are spending time thinking about, you know, what, what does the Lord want me to do today to be a servant? And then he says this, and was, was made in the likeness of men, and then verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That phrase, obedient unto death, and that was not just any death. It says even the death of the cross. It, it is obvious that Jesus obeyed perfectly. The Bible says in Hebrews that he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Every single one of us have been tempted with sin, and we have, been, we, we have given in to it many times, but at least once. Many times we have, we have been tempted with sin and, would get, and have been given in to it. We have sinned, but Jesus did not. It says again in Hebrews, in all points, tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was sinless, and he couldn't have been the final sacrifice for us if he wasn't the spotless Lamb of God. But there were times in his life when obedience came, maybe at a small cost or, no, or maybe none at all, but here we are talking about the most torturous, cruel death that was known to man at the time, the death of the cross. But that didn't matter to our Savior. He, he was set on obeying the will of his Father in heaven to the point of death. Ultimately, again, that was, that was his purpose. That's why he came to live a perfect life and to die and shed his blood on a cross for us, for our sins, to make payment for our sins, to take our place, literally, for our sins. What, what a Savior it is that we have. What a Savior that we are called to be like, to conform to his image. And let me, let me just say this. I, I don't want to take this for granted. If there has not been a time in your life when, when you saw the need for salvation, if there has not been a time in your life where, where you realized that, that your sin has, has separated you from a holy and righteous God, and, and really the, the Bible teaches very clearly that the, the wages or what we have earned for that sin is death, and, and that's, a, that's a physical death and a spiritual death. We're all heading towards death physically, but if, if we die in our sins and we haven't accepted Christ as our Savior, the Bible teaches very clearly that we're, we're condemned to a horrible place called hell that the Bible very clearly speaks of. So if you have not realized your need because of your sin, and understand that, that Jesus, he, he commendeth His love toward us. In other words, He showed His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, is, is what Romans says. And all we have to do is put our faith and trust, believe that He did that for us, call upon the name of the Lord, ask Him to save us, and He'll save us. He'll take us to, to heaven when we die or when the Lord returns. If, if, you have not, if, you have not, if you can't go back to a place or in a time in your life where you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your faith and trust in Him. Please, don't, don't leave here tonight without doing that. Alright, so the second thing that I, that I want to say under we conform to Christ, B is we obey, I'm sorry, when we obey, we take part in Christ's testimony. Alright, we, we were in Romans just a few moments ago, if you could flip back there 
to Romans chapter 5. Very quickly, Romans chapter 5, verse 17 through 19. It says this, Romans 5.17, the Bible says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, that's talking about Adam, the very beginning of sin, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. So by what Jesus did, we can have righteousness, justification through His work. And then verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Again, talking about Adam. And then, so very important here, end of verse 19, So by the obedience of one, that's Jesus Christ, shall many be made righteous. What a, what a testimony that Jesus Christ has. When we obey, we help to show people that Christ's obedience has made many righteous. Our testimony absolutely matters. Our testimony can make Christ look very good or make Him look very bad and and can either lead people directly to Christ or lead them away from Christ. Our testimony matters. Often when we make the crucial mistake of, of making Christ look bad because of our testimony, it is very difficult sometimes to gain that positive testimony back. So, again, to our graduates, especially to our high school and college graduates, when, when beginning a new phase of life, whether that be going off to college, beginning a new job, it is of the utmost importance that we keep our testimony as a Christian in, in constant mind. It should be in the forefront of our mind. You may only have a small window of opportunity to show those who are going to be under your bubble of influence Christ in you. So it's important that we remember our obedience means very much, and our testimony means very much. All right. So what happens when we obey? Number one, we conform to Christ. Number two, God blesses beyond our expectations. When we obey, God blesses us. That's so very important to remember. Luke chapter 11, and I'll, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read it, read it for you here very quickly. Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28 says this, and it came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. And then verse 28, But he said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. So we're hearing it taught, we're hearing it preached, we're reading it, we're taking it in, and not only that, we are keeping it. It's so very important that we remember that and understand that. And I, I'm just going to give you five things here that I, that I just jotted down very quickly. Um, I'm probably not going to have you turn to all the Scripture. Maybe just use them in your own devotions or in your own time. You can look at these verses. But God blesses beyond our expectations. And the first thing I want you to see is that obedience extends our lives. Obedience extends our lives. 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 14 says this, and if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then will I lengthen thy days. All right, John 8 and verse 51 says this, Verily, verily, and this is Jesus speaking, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. And that's talking about our trust in him and in salvation. 
And then Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, this is one of the Ten Commandments, says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So our, our, our obedience extends our lives. Secondly, obedience brings blessing and happiness. All right, I do want you to turn and see this. Turn with me to Psalm 112, the book of Psalms, chapter 112. Obedience brings blessing and happiness. Psalm 112. Give you a second to get there. Psalm 112. Here's what the Bible says. Praise ye the Lord. And then it says, Blessed or blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that puts him first, that, that respects him, that, that holds him in high esteem. All right, Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. And we understand we can't delight in his commandments unless we're familiar with them, unless we know them, unless we're studying them. Verse 2, His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The, the desire of the wicked shall perish. So, so many things there that we see listed just in, that, just in those 10 verses that offer such an amazing blessing if, if we just honor God and His Word and obey. All right, so we'll go on to the next one. C is obedience brings peace. Obe- obedience brings peace. You know, we live in a world that is lacking so much peace often because we don't have Christ in our lives because we haven't accepted Him as our Savior. But even as Christians, we lack so much peace sometimes. And could it be just because we're not fully obeying? Because we haven't given ourselves fully to Him. And I'll, I'll just read this verse. We don't have to turn there. Proverbs one thirty three just quite simply says, But whoso hearkeneth, or listens to, follows, obeys, but whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet, from fear of evil. You know, how often do we not feel safe? How often do we not feel still and quiet because of the fear of evil? Again, maybe it's because we have not completely obeyed and given our hearts to Him. All right, the fourth thing, obedience just in general brings well-being. It brings well-being. Jeremiah 7, verses 23 and 24 says this, But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people, and walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. Okay, now, listen to verse 24. Here's, here's the option. Here's the choice we have every day. We either obey, or we go in the opposite direction. Verse 24 says, But they hearkened not. They didn't listen. They didn't obey. Nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart, and went backward and not forward. You know, how many times in our lives 
has it felt like we're just we're we're either just treading water or moving backwards? You know, we're not moving forward in anything. We're not having success in anything. We're struggling with this. We're struggling with that. We're downtrodden. We're depressed. Again, but they hearken not nor incline their heart, but walked in the counsels and in the imaginations of their evil heart. You know, when we do our own thing, it never gets us. It never allows us to go forward in the Lord. It never allows us to be blessed of the Lord, we just go backward. When we do our own thing, when we do whatever the imagination of our heart is, which the Bible says is desperately wicked, who can know it? We, we can't control what our heart and our emotions do sometimes. All we can do is listen to, to the alive, quickened spirit that is in us. Again, if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and follow that. But it says again, they, they did those things and went backward and not forward. All right, and then the fifth thing, obedience brings success. Obedience brings success. And I'm not necessarily talking about financial success. You know, we have everything that we want in all of these possessions. You know, really success in the Bible is just defined by one thing, and that's just being in the center of God's will for your life. Being exactly where He wants you to be. That's success. If you're outside of that, that's really un- unsuccess. All right, or, or missing the success of it. Here's what Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, talking about God's word, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Here's how we have success. Meditating therein day and night in God's word, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Understand, we, we can't just pick and choose certain things to do and not to do. We have to do it all, all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. You know, this is, this is the only time in all of Scripture that the English word success is used. That's it, this, this one verse. And it's tied directly to obedience and to doing what God's Word says. You, you must understand that prosperity and success don't just come because you surrender to full-time Christian ministry or commit to being involved in, in a ministry of the church or, or really serving the Lord in any capacity. It also doesn't come because we work hard. You know, a lot of us have very good work, work ethics. We work hard at certain things. But success doesn't come just because we work hard. It, 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 you understand it's possible to work hard, but work hard at the wrong thing. Prosperity and success are always byproducts. In other words, they come because something else is already established. And that is our complete and utter obedience to, to God's commands and to His will for our life. That's what success is all about. Okay, and then the last thing, number three, when we obey, what, what happens when we obey? We're doing better than sacrifice. We're doing better than sacrifice. And we're going to end on this, on this passage of Scripture. If you could turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 15, there's some important truths to be learned from this. I'm sorry, I said second, I meant first Samuel. First Samuel chapter 15. Alright, so this is this is really the testimony of King Saul, the first king of Israel. And as we know, um, the Lord had anointed David to be king because of Saul's disobedience. And that's what we're going to see here. 
All right, I want you to first look at, at verse 3. All right, now here, here is what he is commanded to do. King Saul of Israel is commanded to do this. Verse 3 of 1 Samuel chapter 15. Now go and smite Amalek, or, or destroy basically. Utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. But slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. Okay, now look down to verse 9. Okay, circle the word but. But Saul and the people spared Agag of the, and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and of the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. Now, we just saw that all of that was supposed to be destroyed. God had commanded them to destroy everything. And then it says, but everything that was vile and refuse, that they destroyed. All right, so what he saw as good, what he saw as valuable, what his eyes thought was going to be good for, for the use of whatever he, he kept, despite what he was commanded. All right, and then everything that was valueless or of refuse, as, as the Bible says here, that was what got destroyed. Well, that obviously was, was a problem. Look at verses 13 and 14. Okay, it says, And Samuel the prophet came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. And then look what he says, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. All right, that's what Saul said. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And then verse 14, And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears? and the lowing of the oxen which I hear. So again, remember, God had commanded them to destroy it all, all of it. And, and Saul says, well, look, I, I've done it. I've performed it. I've, I've done something so good here. And Samuel's like, well, then why do I hear all these sheep and oxen making noise? Obviously, obviously he didn't. Look down at verse 17. And Samuel said, when thou wast little in thine own sight, in other words, humble, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. In other words, weren't you blessed when you were humble? Weren't you, weren't you blessed when, when you weren't putting yourself above everything else? You were blessed then. Now, now look what's going on. Look at verses 22 and 23. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Now let me stop there for just a moment. So one of the excuses that Saul made was, was, well, I kept all these, all these sheep and oxen so that I could sacrifice unto the Lord. All right, well, that, again, he, he didn't do what the Lord told him to do. All right, and that's the point of this. We're, we're doing better than sacrifice. Understand that when we sacrifice of ourselves, it's a, it is a good thing. But sometimes we, we sacrifice at our own expense or, or for, for our own purpose. And, and we're not doing what the Lord has commanded us to do. So verse 22 again, and Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. And then verse 23, For rebellion or disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. So some very serious sins there that is being compared to disobedience. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Okay, and then look at verse 26. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. Alright, do you see how important it is for us to obey? It is so very important for us to obey. 
You know, have you ever worked really, really hard at something, but your spirit, the, the living God inside of you, was telling you that this isn't what you're supposed to be doing? You know, maybe what looked like success came for a while, but in the end it really amounted to nothing but pride and self-promotion. That's really what happened with Saul. Again, sacrifice, sacrifice is good if we are doing it with the right motivation and with the bound, within the bounds of commandments of God. But if we're sacrificing of our time, our effort on something that we are just half-heartedly committed to and our attitude is out of place, then we're, then we're doing it contrary to the Word of God. And we need to reevaluate what it is that we're doing and why we are doing it. You know, sometimes we act and our motivation is, is found in the things that we see. You know, that's what Saul, Saul saw the good, what he called the good things in, 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 this, in this town that they were supposed to destroy. He believed that they were good. It looked good to him, but they weren't, according to the Lord. Sometimes we see difficulties around us, and we begin to act in ways contrary to God's Word. Because if we did what He said, it would seem that more difficulties would come. Other times we see an opportunity that looks like success, prosperity, maybe even fun, but it, requ it would require us going against what we know is God's will for our life or what He has commanded us. To do. You know, the easy thing to do is to act upon what we see. But often what we see is only maybe 10% of what God sees. So, so here's the bottom line. And I, I heard a message preached th this past week that was so very good. And really, this, this thought that I'm about to give you was the theme of it all. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it twice. Listen to these words. We cannot depend and dwell on what we see. We should only depend and dwell on what God has said. Right, let me say that again. We cannot depend and dwell on what we see, what we perceive. We should only depend on dwell and dwell on what God has said. And that can only come from His Word. The only thing that is sure, pure, indispensable, that has been forever settled in heaven, that is righteous, is what He has said in His Word. That is what we must depend on and be given to. Not what we see, not what we feel, we so often can be led by our feelings and by our emotions rather than being led just by what God has told us and, and commanded us. Our feelings will send us to places that we wish we would have never gone. But if we go in the way of God's Word and His commandments, we will always be right where we are supposed to be and will never, ever have regrets. So graduates, as we, as we close the, the service this evening, I just, I just want to challenge you with this idea of obedience. Giving yourselves not, not 50% of the time or with 50% of your heart, not 75%, but wholly. The Bible says to be wholly given to the Lord. That means completely, 100%. And not, not just our graduates, but to all of us. Are we 100% completely given to the Lord tonight? And are we obeying everything that He has commanded us to do? Look, we're not, we're not going to be perfect. We are going to fail, we're going to fall, but, but how quickly we get back up and continue to do the right thing is really what the Lord is looking for us to do. He knows we're going to fail. He knows that we're, that we're just fallen man, that we're imperfect. But again, He died to make us righteous. He, he shed His blood so that we could be righteous. It, it, it's always such an amazing thought to me, and the Bible teaches this very clearly, that, that when God the Father looks at us, he doesn't see us. He doesn't see our, our wretched sin. He doesn't see our flesh. 
he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ that we have put on when we accept him as our Savior. And understand tonight, if you haven't done that, if, if you, again, if you, if you do not 100% know for sure that if you were to die tonight, you're on your way to heaven. If you don't know that tonight, please come and talk to, to one of us. There will be men, ladies available if you, if you need help with that. If, if you want us to show you how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven, please don't leave here tonight without doing that.